Younger kids, they'll love the special kid seat with their choice of movies to watch while they get their hair cut. And right now, Family Hair has an opening for a licensed hairstylist. If you're interested in full-time work in a fun atmosphere, just contact them at 507-664-9400 or visit their website, familyhairofnorthfield.com. You're listening to 95.1 FM, AM 1080, KYMN, Northfield, Minnesota. We're streaming online, too, at kymnradio.net. It's time for a KYMN special program. It's our Earth Day Show 2021. Earth Day was this past Thursday. It turned out to be a, just a beautiful day in Minnesota, around the state, for Earth Day. Today, not quite as beautiful. We're hoping for a little sunshine later on today, but all the Earth Day festivities are being held today. This morning, saw a series of workshops, and uh, we'll have uh, some more, a more festive atmosphere a little bit later on this afternoon. We have a couple of people in joining us right now. Erica Zweifel, uh, the former Northfield City Councilor, now uh, retired from the City Council. Erica, thank you so much for coming. In. Thank you, Jeff. And we also have the Assistant uh, Commissioner for the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, Patrice Bailey, joining us today. Patrice, Glad to be you. here. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, let's talk with Erica, first of all, kind of set the stage for today. This is Earth Day. I don't know how many Earth Days Northfield has been celebrating here, but it's been quite a tradition, probably dating back, I don't know if it goes all the way back to 1970 for the first Earth Day. But uh, I, I'm sure, given this community, they've been celebrating Earth day since its inception um but this this current version is uh they're saying it's their 12th perennial earth day with this group that's been putting earth day together all right and they are a hard-working group as well uh talking with mary joe christopero the other day one of the organizers of it she has been uh, at this for quite some time and works hard at it she has uh this morning, you had a series of workshops. Tell us a little bit about how that went. Yeah, I was at the UCC parking lot with the group that was there, the uh, Citizens Climate Lobby, the Cannon River Watershed Partnership, and then I was part of an office supply giveaway where um, I work with the Lighten Up sale at Carleton, and we didn't have a sale this year due to COVID, so we brought down some office supplies and gave those away in, in the parking lot. There's still a few binders and uh, legal files there. If anyone's looking to start a small legal firm, uh, stop on by the parking <laughs> lot up there, and there's still some, some files up there. And you made your way down from uh, the UCC Church to here. Uh, to, we appreciate that, but it should be noted that Eric has a uh, full winter gear on. <laughs> We've been standing out in the cold. Welcome back to a warm 200 Division Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying, the, I'm, I'm enjoying the warmth. You know, every Earth Day is different. Some years we've been out in the sunshine dancing in the streets. And some years, it's it's been a little chilly. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move things over. We'll be talking now with uh, the Assistant uh, Commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, Patrice Bailey, is joining us. Uh, once again, thank you so much and welcome for coming down. Welcome to uh, Northfield and to KYMN. Uh, this is not only Earth Day, but Governor Walls has proclaimed uh, April Earth Month. Yes. Yeah, that uh, is uh, quite the distinction. Uh, what uh, what has been the Department of Agriculture's environmental priorities uh, during, well, the current legislative session? That's when things get done. Yeah, great question. The legislative session has been, I'm just going to say it's been really crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we've been working on biofuels and um, the legacy funds. You know, that's just definitely been, you know, trying to focus on uh, E15 and um, and we're trying to get that through. And tell us a little bit about that for those unfamiliar with it. Well, you know, right now uh, we want to be able to um, go to a different blend of of um, 
of gas. Mm-hmm. And so E E15 would be a better uh, um, blend for not only, um, you know, just for consumers, mm-hmm. but also for uh, the corn growers um, and other organizations that, you know, really benefit from having ethanol um, in their tanks. And I think that we're doing, we're trying to do a, a, a better job in, in regards to, um, you know, really getting that message across to consumers as to what uh, con- what ethanol is, for one thing, but also, um, you know, what uh, E15 would do. Mm-hmm. I mean, currently, with um, with uh, 87 gas, there's 10% of uh, ethanol in the gas already, so people already are, are using it but not really knowing that that's ethanol that's going in the car. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, is it just upping the percentage a little bit? Does this, is, does that, is that a cleaner burning uh, fuel than, than gasoline? It is. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and um, it's, uh, it's more economically fr- uh, friendly um, in terms of a footprint, um, but it's really a way to um, really support agriculture in a whole other way. Uh, going to E15 is, is something that we're hoping to uh, that that will come through at the end. What has been the reception so far at the legislature? Do you feel like uh, mm-hmm. you, things are moving along the way you'd like to see them? I think, actually, surprisingly, things are moving uh, in, a, in a nice pace in regards to uh, E15 um, biofuels. Um, so I think the reception is actually... Uh, a lot better than it, it was in, in the inception of the legislative session um, back in uh, February. But, you know, things are changing. Boy, it's getting to be crunch time with the <laughs> legislature, to say the least. We're hoping that, uh, you know, May 16th is, is when the session ends, but hope, hopefully we can get it all done All right, by that time. Let's uh, talk about a couple of other things. Yeah. One, one thing that I want to ask you about is, uh, you know, Minnesota, the the landscape, and pardon the pun there, but of Minnesota agriculture yeah. has evolved over the course of the last maybe 50 years, mm-hmm. you know. Um, people my age, uh, from the childhood, they remember the family farms and mm-hmm. such. It's really gone to more of a corporate farming structure. Some of the family farms, uh, you know, the larger farms, it seems the larger the better as mm-hmm. far as that farm goes. Um, are there still people who, who want to get into agriculture? Oh, yeah. and And how... How do they do that? How do you get into it uh, in this day and age? You know, that's a great question. You know, in 2019, uh, we did listening sessions around the state to actually talk about the barriers and, you know, what's causing people from getting into agriculture. Um, you know, land and, and finances is always going to be at the top. Uh, but we also are looking at as more baby boomers are retiring, you have more emerging farmers that are actually coming um, coming in. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would, I would say, emerging farmers is anybody from zero experience to about ten years uh, of farming agriculture. It doesn't have to be rural, uh, sustainable a- agriculture. It can also be in in the urban areas. But we also put together an emerging farmer um, working group uh, to address the barriers that we identified. Now we're actually working on those, and next month they should be working on the uh, recommendations to uh, to give to tom mm-hmm. uh in june and that uh you know those recommendations that'll probably still have to go through a legislative session won't it would that be next year 2022 or? 22 you know these mm-hmm. recommendations is way uh, mainly how 
the how MDA can improve the services that we already provide. Uh, maybe there's other ways that um, you know other uh, communities that we haven't been uh, tapping into. So it'll be interesting to actually see um, what the recommendations are going to be because the working group members consist of the five groups that are not in agriculture currently, and so we'll we'll be able to see a lot of. Um, you know, farmers of color is a, it's a big issue with the American Rescue Plan uh, right now. And so, you know, really trying to see what that looks like on the state level. Mm-hmm. We don't have any idea yet, but we do know that it's going to be, hopefully it's going to roll out into a, a better uh, better situation. All right. Uh, once again, uh, Patrice Bailey is with us. Uh, we are talking. He's the, uh, uh, the assistant commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Agriculture. Also, Erica's Weifel is with us, okay. and we'll be getting back to Erica here in just a moment or so. Okay. It's our Earth Day show of 2021. But while we have you in here, uh, Commissioner Bailey, I want to talk about a, a number of issues, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a few more issues anyway. Uh, one of the uh, the focuses uh, for the uh, in the rural community has been the soil, of course, and of course. soil health and erosion and such over the past few years. Are there programs to help farmers improve their soil health? And what uh, what right now is the Department of Agriculture uh, doing to help promote soil health? Well, we also um, you know we've been doing really well with the. Um, the uh, Minnesota Ag Water Quality Certification Program. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely been uh, we've definitely uh, we, we've over uh, five hundred thousand acres uh, when it comes to uh, being in that program, and we're working with a lot of uh, the University of Minnesota Extension uh, to actually do more education around soil health, um, and also uh, just with other uh, emerging farmers as to different ways, different rotational crops. You have people that are using um, some forms of hemp uh, in their ro- ro- in the, in the rotation. It's not just CBD oil, mm-hmm. um, but it's also uh, other ways to be able to, um, to turn that soil over. Um, <clears throat> and the great thing about uh, Minnesota is that, um, as you know, um, it's such a big state, and you know, soils up in the Red River Valley is way different than down here in Northfield. But, I mean, what you can grow in a lot of different areas is really unique uh, to the the, uh, the areas in which people live. And so really identifying how to make the soil um, a lot more robust uh, for um, for different planting seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so, don't see many sugar beets being planted down, not uh, down here. here. <laughs> neck of the woods, but uh, you go up north and you see a lot of it's it up there. It's great to see all those trucks yeah. moving sugar beets uh, up and down the road. So, <laughs> you know. it's, uh, it's a huge part of the economy up Absolutely. in northern Minnesota. Uh, Absolutely. As well. uh, does uh, the MDA, uh, Department of Agriculture, have uh, other programs you know, talk about some of the other things that are helping farmers protect the environment and you know, oh, the relationship yeah. to the earth. Yeah, we have, um, you know, probably should say that uh, it's about 500 employees. We have six divisions, three of which I have, and the other three is the, the other assistant, Whitney Place, uh, has, uh, which includes plant protection. We have a lab that we share with uh, MDH, uh, the Minnesota Department of Health, and we also have uh, Pesticide Fertilizer Management Division, um, plant protection, and so I have uh, meat and dairy inspection, um, food and feed safety, and also ag marketing and development. 
within ag marketing and development, uh, there's the emerging farmers, there's the biofuels, there's renewable energy. So it's basically everything else. <laughs> but no, I mean, there's, there's uh, different uh, initiatives that we're working with uh, in, in regards to uh, our grants and loans uh, program. Um, we're working with Central Lakes Community College with Keith Olander on hopefully having an FBM program in the metro. Um, I would be, I mean, that would be a game changer if we can get that done. So we've been in talks with uh, Dakota County Technical College about hosting a, um, uh, a FBM instructor there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll we'll see what we can come up with, but that's that's a new direction that we're going towards. And um, right now, we just received a grant from the Historical Society to, to do an oral, um, uh, oral history uh, grant, which would be focusing on the emergence of uh, black farming in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So we're in the process of uh, getting that underway. <clears throat> uh, and that would just really focus on, um, for instance, uh, what happened to the Rondo area before the split of 94. Mm-hmm. Um and we were the pro- we were the, the prosperity w- within that mm-hmm. uh, those areas in regards to agriculture. You yeah, know. yeah, and that brings up uh, you know another thing, another topic mm-hmm. that uh, is emerging now, and it's going to become, <laughs> I'm sure, bigger. And that's urban yeah. agriculture, oh, urban yeah. farming. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, there's we've seen places around the world where warehouses have been turning into grow houses mm-hmm. and such. In, in Minnesota, have you seen a lot of that yet? Are we ahead of the curve or behind the curve? Or You know, we're in a very unique position when it comes to urban agriculture. Uh, it, it's a lot of exciting things that are happening, especially, you know, through this last year of COVID, although it's been extremely uh, busy for the um, for the department, but also um, a lot of emerging farmers that are living in the metro as well as uh, outside the metro have been really focusing on di- uh, direct marketing, e-commerce, uh, when it comes to urban agriculture. Um, the FBM program mm-hmm. uh, to be in the metro is part of the urban agriculture uh, uh, projects. And we also have um, uh, collaborations with Frogtown um, uh, Collective as well when it comes to focusing on uh, urban agriculture just within city blocks, you know, where they have people doing four by eight uh, soil plots mm-hmm. to grow uh, to grow food. And, of course, with the George Floyd um, uh, situation, there, the, the beautiful thing about that is that there has been a, um, a community garden that sort of came up. It's about three or four blocks long, but the community is able to come and just take whatever they need fruits and vegetables and be able to use it uh and so that's been really nice to to actually see that mm-hmm. uh you having minorities uh take a, a bigger role in agriculture in mm-hmm. minnesota and it's not just the african-american but we have in our area we have a lot of people of uh you know hispanic heritage of course and yes. uh, from various parts of uh, mexico central america and such and and we do uh, as erica knows we have uh, some sustainable farming uh, <laughs> efforts uh, here in northfield and you, yeah. you might be aware of those as well yeah. uh, where do you see the future of that does that seem to be growing or things catching on it's it's again i mean this is sort of a, uh, the right time for agriculture uh especially uh with within our 
uh, black indigenous populations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been working with the Latino Economic Development Center quite heavily, especially during the uh, when we got CARES Act dollars in November. Uh, they teamed up with uh, the Metropolitan Economic Development uh, Center in Minneapolis, the two of them, to be able to to reach more Hispanic, more Hmong, more Somali uh, uh, growers, not just here, but also in and um, in St. Cloud, and and I mean just every part in between. Mm-hmm. So we did really well in working with uh, LEDC, and I want to thank um, uh, Henry Jimenez for all the work that he's been doing in the past, but. Really, the the partnership has been really strong. Mm, all right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we should probably get Erica back involved in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> loving this conversation. So I've been, um, there's been a lot of conversations locally about yeah. um, BIPOC farmers and in, involving um, folks in in, in growing their own food and uh, if, so yeah if you have some questions for the commissioner <laughs> you're more than welcome to chime in with questions yeah. <laughs> uh let's uh we have about 10 more minutes this is yeah. our earth day program and i want to get back to erica to yeah. talk about some of the things the activities that are going on this afternoon i'm looking out and it's looking a little bit brighter out there the sun is supposed to be coming out so mm-hmm. hopefully it won't be as cold as <laughs> this uh was this morning while you were out but yeah. uh, it looks like it's going to be a pretty nice day what, what else is going on this afternoon yeah this afternoon down in bridge square from one to four there's a combination of a farmer's market and some exhibitors out there for folks to stroll on by and uh, be outside and be socially distanced and, and enjoy these um, earth day exhibitors and and vendors all right let's That's talk awesome. about some of the exhibitors um we have uh Boy, I have, you have several pages. I, yes, Mar- Mary Jo provided me with several pages of notes. All kinds of information here. We have everyone from uh, the uh, Center for Energy and Environment, their Home Energy Squad, the League of Women Voters uh, are of Northfield and Cannon Falls will be there. Um, Northfield High School has an environmental club. Are you familiar with that very much? Um, I did go to one of their protests that they held down at Wells wow. Fargo. Um, right. They were protesting Line 3, and um, mm-hmm. so I uh, went down there one one afternoon and uh, chatted with them and All right. uh, stopped by. Boy, it's good talking with the uh, the young people and see that they're, yeah. you know, they're caring about uh, the environment, I think maybe even more so than the adult generation the generation before them has yeah is that have you seen that uh, uh mr commissioner uh, the young people getting involved and in, boy it, it seems like just a, a whole new level these uh, the kids kind of get it that this is going to be their planet <laughs> well you know with this generation is on demand shopping mm-hmm. so what they see on the shelf is what they demand mm-hmm. um so really Going away from the traditional uh, avenues of how food comes from uh, from the field to the table, and so um, it's it's really a, a new day when it comes to even at this age of emerging ideas of how agriculture can be um, sort of twenty twenty first century revolutionized. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's um, that's really a, a really good thing to see. Mm-hmm. See students come out. Yeah, that's uh, the uh, as you had mentioned before the citizens' climate lobby, mm-hmm. uh, the Northfield chapter. You were involved with that uh, this morning. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Uh, cycling without age. The uh, Trishaws. Is that f- uh, something you're familiar with? Sustainable uh, I services. Haven't actually. Well, I probably would qualify to ride in one <laughs> at my age, but um, okay. I I love that program where they have um, a bicycle and then they have someone, I think they're sitting on the front of the bicycle. A trishaw. Yeah, okay. and they can take 
folks who can't ride the bicycles on their own they take them out for bike rides oh boy i've seen those that's a that's a, a neat thing and that's a, i think i've seen uh, those in different programs uh, in you know, different areas of the world like asia mm-hmm. and throughout uh, that uh, region of the world are much more popular yeah. uh northfield's curbside uh, curbside compost a lot of people I, I think are aware of that, uh, but you can find yeah. out more. That's a great program. That is a fantastic mm-hmm. program, and if you um, aren't participating in it, in it, you absolutely should. It's a curbside composting program. It's very reasonable, and I was just on a panel earlier this week with um, Commissioner Bishop with um, with the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency talking about food waste, and I believe she said uh, 40% of the of our garbage is organic and is possible to either be composted now there is an epa hierarchy of food recovery so Mm -hmm. if if you have the option to to use that food that you're not going to eat to feed people that's what they do a lot at the community action center Mm -hmm. they deal with rescued food from retails and farms and then the next best thing is to feed um animals so at like again at the cac if if they can't give it to people, they'll send it. There's a local hog farmer that comes and picks up that, and then mm-hmm. the next thing would be to uh, make biofuels, and then the mm-hmm. next thing would be to compost. Ah. So if you can feed it to people or hogs, it's a 20% reduction in greenhouse gas as opposed mm-hmm. to composting it. But composting is still awesome, and everyone should should start there. But wow, there's a whole yeah. I did a whole presentation on. Uh, on this, uh, yeah, and you must so. have done it pretty well because I, I didn't realize. You know, <laughs> you know the, people. I think me and a lot of people don't realize the extent of which uh, you, you can use food, and is, mm-hmm. you just don't throw it away. Don't yeah. throw that it away. has many, many uses. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, once again, we're talking with uh, Erica Zweifel about Earth Day, and we have uh, Minnesota Assistant Commissioner uh, Ag Commissioner uh, Patrice Bailey with us. Uh, we're talking about Earth Day. Uh, a few of the other things going on. The city is uh, also has a. Uh, uh, exhibit uh, today. There's novel energy solutions, and if you'd like to chime in on any of these, if yeah. you know very much about them, uh, well, I would just say that many of the groups on here are relationships that were built through the city's climate action planning. As mm-hmm. you know, that took several years putting that together, mm-hmm. and so like the Home Energy Squad visits were something that were came out of that energy task force group that worked on the climate action plan, and we have a lot of people that have taken advantage of those. Um, and as COVID is um, situation is improving and people are getting vaccinated, I think they might they'll have the opportunity, hopefully, to have those people come in their home again and yeah. um, do those home energy squad visits. And then Novel Energy Solutions is the um, the group that uh, they have um, community solar gardens, and that's the group that the city um, has uh, has a solar subscription with. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Cannon River Watershed Partnership, the CRWP, That uh, we've talked with them many times. What what a great uh, program they yeah, have. Yeah, when you talk about soil health, mm-hmm. that, that, mm-hmm. Was who, that was who's, uh, what sprang to my mind was CRWP and their yeah. work um, yeah. in, our, in our watershed. Yeah, it's a, it's a great program. Mm-hmm. It's a really good program. You just, have, just want to continue to have more people to, to join. Yeah. And it's a it's a big. Have you seen those type of those watershed partnerships? We have, of course, the Cannon River that runs through our area. Mm-hmm. Other areas of the state are there. Is there like comparable programs and such? Have you? Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of them mm-hmm. throughout the state. We have a lot of rivers, um, <laughs> watersheds. We have, we have some that are up in uh, Pine County, and mm-hmm. um, you know Cannon River, and and so this it just spans a, a whole the whole gamut all the way up. 
Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it really shows. I mean, Minnesota's water quality has uh, mm-hmm. been improving on the improving side and probably still has a lot of ways to go. Uh, a lot of ways. A, lot, a long way to go, but uh, we'll get there. Uh, Northfield Prairie Partners, uh, Chapter of the Wild Ones. They'll be exhibiting today. I don't know too yeah, much about they, them. They do a nice job. Mm-hmm. Um, they've partnered with Lashbrook Park in the past. They've partnered with um, Lawns to Legumes program mm-hmm. and doing a, na- a natural plant sale for so folks can add natural plants. Um, I think, is that the group that has uh, Diane Angel talking about? Um, oh, no, that's another group that has Diane Angel talking about the Rusty Patch Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's Shed. But Prairie Partners also has done work around um, Rusty Patch Bumblebee habitat and other pollinari- pollinator habitat mm-hmm. restoration. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and also Northfield for uh, Sustainable Housing Environments yep. and Developments. That's the one that has the Rusty Patch expert mm. there today. There we go. We only have a, a couple of more minutes, but Erica, is there anything else going on today that you'd like to tell people about? Oh, just encourage folks to, to come on down and, and, and enjoy the event and to, uh, to thank our sponsors for sponsoring the event. I don't think we mentioned Rotary or XL Energy yet, uh, but we did mention Novel in the city of Northfield, mm-hmm. Carleton College, and Northfield Area Community Zoller. All right. Thank you very much to all those sponsors. So everybody's <laughs> welcome to come on down. Bridge yeah. Square is the place to be this it afternoon, right? It is, this afternoon, right? This sure. afternoon. Yeah. Uh, well, Commissioner yeah. Bailey, thank you so much for thank coming you. in. It's fascinating. We'd like to have you in next time. Well, and I would next time we, we, we can talk and talk yeah. and talk to a full half hour and nothing but ag. But, yeah. uh, Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know, one last question I, I guess I have of you, and that's just kind of a general overall question we're here on earth day and people do care about the the uh, the earth especially mm-hmm. people who are um going to be out participating in things today um your your overall outlook on agriculture uh and uh, the environment here in minnesota are you optimistic i'm always optimistic good i think there's always opportunities for um for growth and education especially around not only where your food comes from but just knowing sort of what the topography is around your own community. Mm-hmm. So I think there's lots of ways we can have intersections through different communities to, to, to bring people to, um, you know, to what's going on around them. All so right. there's always new opportunities. Well, we are out of time, but we want to thank you once again so much for oh, coming thank in. thank you. And we appreciate it. Erica's Weipel, thank you so much for coming in. Yes, thanks, Jeff. Good to see you again. You've been listening to the Earth Day Show here on KYMN Radio. It's uh, 920, or excuse me, 1229. We'll have the twins on in just a moment. We'd like to thank Erica's Weifel and uh, Minnesota Department of Agriculture Assistant Commissioner Patrice Bailey uh, for joining us today. Uh, we'll be back, or I'll be back on a Monday morning uh, with uh, more on the KYMN Morning Show. In the meantime, have a good day. We're going to turn things over to Minnesota Twins Baseball here on 95.1 FM and AM 1080. 95.1. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island All Network. This is your home for the interviews, insights, and news you need to get ready for today's Twins game. It's the Edina Realty pregame lineup card. The lineup card is brought to you by Edina Realty. Your sign of success is the only one that matters, making us the market leader for 21 consecutive years, and in part by Target, proud partner of the Minnesota Twins, and by U.S. Bank, official bank of the Twins, and proud sponsor of the U.S. Bank Home Run Porch. Now... 
Here's Chris Atterbury. Well, good afternoon. Happy Saturday and welcome to Target Field in downtown Minneapolis. Last night, this place was buzzing despite the gray weather as Jay Happ carried a no-hitter deep into the night and the crowd responded and the Twins emerged victorious by the final of 2 to nothing. Today, Minnesota seeking to back that up against Pittsburgh as the Twins hoping to win consecutive ball games for the first time since April 7th and 8th. And they've got the right man on the jaw or on the mound for the job and that's Michael Pineda, who hasn't allowed a run in his last 10 innings of work and has only given up two earned runs all year long, striking out 17, walking only three. Big Mike will be opposed by Trevor Cahill. His season has not gone nearly as smoothly. His ERA is approaching double figures, and he's given up seven runs in two of his three starts this year. The Twins did make one roster move. Great to see Caleb Theobar back on the active roster. He had been on the COVID IL list due to close contact. Thielbar is back. Luke Farrell rejoins the alternative site in St. Paul. En route to first pitch from Big Mike today, we'll check in with a guy who just made that uh, oper- or that opposite trip from St. Paul to the uh, Twin Cities, or to the Twin Cities, in one of the Twin Cities, to the Big League Club in Alex Kirilov. We'll check in with Alex and his uh, second consecutive start as a major leaguer. We'll go behind the batting cage with Derek Shelton, and of course Rocco Baldelli also has a message for Derek Shelton today that he will share through Corey Provis. But let's start, if I can keep my tongue straight with a Twins Rewind looking back at yesterday. Jay Happ's first two starts as a Twin, well, they totaled eight and two-thirds innings of work, laborious efforts requiring 89 and 87 pitches respectively. But last night, working on extra rest was an entirely different story. The veteran southpaw was crisp and efficient from the jump. He walked a pair in the second before retiring 17 consecutive Pirates and carrying his no-hit bid into the eighth inning, where with one down, he faced Jacob Stallings over his last 19 at the plate. The payoff pitch, line to left, down the line. That's a fair ball, base hit. The ball skips on the grass, the track, and finds the wall. The no-hitter is gone. It's a one-out double from Jacob Stallings as Hap came five outs away from history. He got a delightful and deserved ovation as he left the field from an energetic target field crowd. Tyler Duffy, Taylor Rogers finish off Pittsburgh, and with home runs from Williams, Ostadio, and Jake Cave supplying all of the offense on the night, Minnesota triumphs 2-0 was the final. That was yesterday. Today, again, it's gray. It's cool. It's a little damp here at Target Field, but we are at the park courtesy of Treasure Island Resort and Casino with more great energy from Corey Provis and Dan Gladden. All right, Chris, thank you very much. All fired up here at Target Field today. Twins and the Pirates, a Saturday afternoon matinee today from the ballpark. Twins at 7 and 11, Pittsburgh at 9 and 11. Corey and Danny upstairs. Twins coming off a 2-0 victory last night, Danny. And the offense, for some, it's been good. For others, it's been quiet. But hopefully for guys like Cave and Ostadio last night. And Ostadio's been okay, but provided some pop. But it just can't always be, you know, Buxton and Cruz and Arise. They need a whole team effort. Well, no question about it, because Buxton and Cruz and Arise, those guys may have that off night. That's why you need the other guy.